Chris, every time uh, I tell people, like I wrote a book with Chris McAllister, they're like, oh, the football player? I'm like, uh, actually, no. <laughs> Dude, come on. I got a fame story for you. Um, yeah. My daughter was getting her teeth worked on at the orthodontist. And uh, her last name, McAllister, of course. And McAllister, oh, is is your dad that motivational speaker? <laughs> I was like, I have no idea. But yeah, it's funny how people get that in their heads. Well, for a long time, the most searched thing on my blog that was the most traffic to my blog, because I had a blog in 2008. That's when I started it. And uh, anyway, Chris McAllister's truck, um, which, of course, the NFL player had that that big nasty uh, truck and uh funny man you'll take it yeah, yeah. it you'll got traffic it. it got traffic so i posted about it <laughs> oh, you post a picture of your truck <laughs> i i should have done that here's chris McAllister's real truck and at that time it would have been my neighbor's truck that i borrowed right <laughs> so we're gonna create some traffic for the real chris McAllister. There it is. Outstanding. Um, I'm going to jump in. Hey, gang, uh, thank you for joining us. This is James Rory's, uh, and you are listening to Breaking Brains, Building Hearts with Chris McAllister and Brett Burchard. And uh, we come to you live every week to talk about topics um, designed to help you think more expansively and uh, grow in your connectedness to the folks that you lead uh, in your everyday life. Uh, and we're and talking for me about... to take energy from people. <laughs> and Chris needs energy today, so we're going to give it to him. Uh, so, so, let, so, we, so let's talk about it, guys. What's What's been happening this week? What's on your mind? I want to ask, Chris, if you're low on energy, where other than from us, where do you normally get it? <laughs> Yeah, well, I wouldn't say low. What I would say is, uh, and and we're live, and this is going to be a podcast, so I want to be sensitive, but uh, dang it, the best stuff you can't put in the books for the podcasts. Um, but but uh, a family situation and uh, a visit and just feeling a little bit drawn out from that. Uh, and, and coming to this chat, I've been deep in the cave wrestling the demons and it's been amazing but there's something that shifts for me energetically knowing i'm coming onto this show knowing i'm gonna hang with you guys it immediately is like it's an electrical charge because i'm right in the middle on the ei um so it's not low energy and i need to take energy to get up it is more of this feeds me in a different way and it, mm. it gives me just this electrical impulse and I'm kind of a i already. guess i'm hearing like a, a shifting of energy where it may have been uh, where you had to give a lot and this to would have create energy for the group or maybe lead more. Yep. And now it's a, a shifting of energy where um, this fills you up more than it, it drains you. Yeah. The cave can, can take out of me and fill me up. This yeah. can take out of me and fill me up. It just depends on kind of like the makeup of the week and the rhythm Yeah. and, and not having enough, playful goofy space with close friends because that's an essential part of life yeah jimmy where do you go to get where do you go to get energy to get filled up that's a great question um 
I was actually just talking with a client uh, before our show. <laughs> we got to tell a story now. We got to tell. Sorry. Go Can ahead. Can I tell a story ahead. and rudely interrupt you, Jimmy? And you pick it right Sorry, back Jimmy. up. Inside joke that we have to share now. Well, I think I think we did tell at one point, but because yeah. we kind of rebooted this, and this is now episode two, people won't get our laughter yeah. on that idea. But there was a guy that I was in a meeting with that said to me, or I said to him, that's a great question. And I meant it authentically. Uh, and he goes, I only ask great questions. <laughs> it was so like challenging, accosting, you know, just the dynamic of, of that exchange that no kidding, not in a stubborn, forceful way, but in a way of like, I don't have to cede to this weirdness. Uh, he asked other questions after that. And I said, I'm saying to you, that's a great question. I mean it. Well, so then what it became is when people say, you know, hey, that's a great question. I'm like, I only ask. Oh, yeah, great yeah, man. Oh, deep and thought. Deep and oh, thoughtful God. question. So took you off track. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, I think anybody listening would have the same kind of uh, question, right? What do folks who guide guide others through uh their journeys to change through change and to mastery how do they deal with the same issues everybody deals with and uh um i was just being very honest with the with this person who i was talking with about the decision i made um 20 years ago to work from home uh and to craft my life around being closer to my family and the gift that uh, having breakfast and dinner with my girls as they were growing up, what kind of gift that was. Mm. And, um, you know, it's been, it's now been, uh, it's been some time. And uh, my oldest is turning uh, 20 in February. And, uh, you know, it was just wonderful to reflect on that. So I think that was a great question because it was, a, for me, it was a timely question. Mm. It was, you know, and it takes me to this weekend because part of this weekend that was really cool. We had a birthday party for my 18-year-old. It was outdoors, and you had him separated and the whole thing. And but, um, but super fun to like try to make the best of a challenging situation and and see, you know, what has come about in her life. Uh, and and it's that same thing of making that choice to be present and to be there. Like I knew the people that were here, a bunch of them. I, I know her friends. Um, uh, and that connection, man, that is, that is energy. What about for you, Brett? Cool. You know, for me, it, uh, I noticed a, a drastic change in how I approach my days and structure my calendars and, and structure my weeks. When I started uh, evaluating my day based on not how much I got done or task lists or, or checklists, but just on energy, like started paying attention to what energized me, what didn't energize me. And not that you can fill your whole day with only things that energize you. Like you also have to, to spend energy and, and there's times where you got to step into things that, you know, you maybe don't want to do or, or will be taxing, but uh, I've found an increase in performance in my own life, just noticing, okay, these are the things that are going to take energy from me. These are the things that are going to give energy or energize me. Um, and, 
and being able to structure kind of your, your life around those things. Um, you know, for me, like being outside, um, being active, hiking, mountain biking, been playing tennis and sand volleyball and just all those kind of things are really like light me up. They, they activate my brain and, and, um, make me curious and, uh, get me really excited. Um, you know, and then when I go and you try to spend a ton of time with people or, or teaching or, um, you know, trying to be social or small talk, things like that, you know, those kind of things will, to steal energy so you try not to stack a bunch of those up together you know i also learned how to schedule my week where i just like like monday or just you know, my wife asked me all the time how is monday i was like it's it's weed hacking day like i just know i'm going to stack up all the stuff that just i just got to hack away at and it's not going to be energizing or a lot of fun but that's the day for it and then the rest of the week is is energizing so hmm. it's, it's interesting if you start paying attention to to energy and how that, uh, how you kind of organize your life around that more than just like task lists and, and goals and stuff. How about you, Chris? I would say it energizes me to walk in and see my wife painting our house. <laughs> with, with all things life, you know, not wanting to have a painter come in or whatever. She was like, I'm just going to have to do this. Uh, you know, I think for me, it's been an unfolding evolution for a number of years, paying attention to the energy with task flow and schedule where I'm finding a lot of help right now is the, is um, really paying attention to it with decision-making also, because I tend to be a person who gets the idea and then gets inspired. And then I evolve the idea or I sleep on the idea and I find a lot of the ideas aren't good. Uh, you don't know till you try them and you launch things and you put the stuff out there. But really at an incept, a, a more of the, the beginning level when that thought, you know, is just forming. It's that inception point. And honesty about the energy of, is this how I actually want to do this? You know, both of you know I'm, I'm working on a current, like, like positioning thing that's an experiment that's really fun. And I was like, okay, I, I'm really inspired to do this launch with it and do it big and... And I was like, wait a second, that's not what I want. Because I don't, you know, um, my dad asked me recently, he's like, what do you want to be known for? And it just came out. I was like, I, I don't want to be known. I want, our, I want our certified coaches to be known. Um, so what's it like for me to do this launch of this change in a very small way, limited mm -hmm. to 20 people? Only 20 people can come in, test it out there, then make the bigger changes that are to the website and to the, you know, all the parts and pieces, you still have to uh, make that application, but energetically like, yeah. And that took me back to even launching this uh, work, you know, 2009 and 10, I wanted to like rent this giant theater downtown, 500 seats, push hard, do the big event. Right. And, and it was a coach that was like, what if you did it in a cabin instead? You know, and, and I was getting coaching from him how to launch the big but how I was showing up to him was more of that. And that was a key moment and so huge. And so I think for me right now, just learning to pay attention to the, the energy of, of the, the decision, because everyone's figuring it out as they go. Right. Uh, and the right. more we can be true to that, who we are, you know, at least my experience has been, I'm going to get to a more effective iteration sooner. And I have circled plenty of cul-de-sacs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
So many. Well, from go ahead, Jimmy. You're gonna say something? No, I just think um, you know. Whenever I hear you guys talk, uh, it, uh, it and I give it. I get a chance to think. It brings me to uh, moments of uh, clarity that have occurred recently for me, and uh, the two of you, right? So. Brett thinking about just taking a look inside and thinking about what is working and what isn't, what brings energy, what doesn't. And, and then uh, comments you had made, Chris. Um, recently, um, what, what really, what, when I was investigating why I was not as energized to, to get up and do the things that I was doing, uh, I found that in my quest, Chris, to your point, to learn, to advance, to evolve, what I, def what I found myself doing was looking at other people's successes and what they were achieving, what they were doing, how they were doing it. And instead of using that as inspiration, I was um, trying to copy what they were doing or replicate what they were doing and using their expression of what they were achieving as my guide. And I was wondering why it wasn't as motivating for me and the decision I came to, which I never had to really consciously come to before, was you got to do your own thing, right? You've got to, you know, what, what, what's true for you instead of learning these new, new skills and using other people's successes as your benchmark. And it was a, it was a conscious um, focus or refocusing on, on that thought. And that provided me a ton of, of energy and um and uh, purpose and put me right back into flow and right back where I was used to being. Uh, so it's, it's really, it's interesting to me that we oftentimes have to learn the same lessons over and over again, but it's also interesting that, um, you know, that I can now revisit that kind of a experience, that kind of inspiration through a conversation like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, did you grab something, Brett? I don't want to interrupt if you're going to say. Yeah. It, it led me to uh passage from from our book oh. <laughs> shameless self-promotion but but this is like this is such a key thing for me and i'm gonna read it because i like how we wrote it but uh, uh i'm gonna I put my really head down can this it. be book book time like when we're yeah yeah right yeah. <laughs> let me read you a story but it was a story from uh um when i was in college uh playing basketball and for four years i I guess three years I dominated preseason conditioning. I won every race, long distance. We were on the track. We were doing miles, two miles, uh, hundred meter sprints, two hundred meter sprints. It was, and, and I won every race for three years. Well, my going into my senior year, we recruited a a guy out of high school who was a state champion at cross country. And the whole team, as soon as he signed, the whole team said, "You're done. Like your your records on the track and preseason conditioning are over." And, uh, and I was like, all right, well, we'll see. And the first, the first, uh, uh, mile run of the year, we went out on the track and he did, he set the pace. I mean, we're going, I'm trying to, my strategy was, I'm just going to stay like one step behind him and try to keep up and see if I can make a push for it at the very end. And, uh, um, and by the third lap, the guy's like, shaking out his arms like he's you know jogging with a dog in the park and i'm like just dying to keep up the pace is just faster than anything i've run before but i had a marker in the last straightaway it's like if i'm within three steps of him at that marker i'm gonna win the race 
and and I hit the marker and I just all out sprint for the last hundred yards and I passed him and and won the mile race. And the 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 cool thing about the story is not that I beat a cross country champ, but it made me uh, run the fastest mile I'd ever run in my life. Um, it like set a comp- it set a uh, um, a standard there that that pushed me beyond my limits. And the idea was this: is don't get distracted by comparison. Like comparison can deform you, competition can grow you. Um, but getting distracted by comparison, I just want to read it uh, mm-hmm. uh, from the book. You said the beauty of the story is not in the conquering of an opponent. The real success that I ran the fastest mile of my life, 455, never before, never again. Competition performed me to pushed me to perform my best, not comparison. Comparison is thinking you need to run the race exactly like others do. Competition is running your best race versus their best race. Comparison is trying to always stay one step ahead of your competitors. Competition is creating a strategy that you can win. Comparison is training the same way others do. Competition is finding your optimal training practices to push yourself past previous limits. Comparison distracts, competition drives focus. Comparison shames, competition sharpens. Only one wins in comparison. Both can win in competition. And it just struck me there when you were talking about that, Jimmy. Right. We can get caught up in, in comparing our journey to others. You know, um, I, it just happened to me this morning. Someone, uh, you know, had a huge success in their career. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, he's not better than me. He's not smarter than me. He hasn't worked harder than me. He hasn't treated people nicer than me. How is he winning and I'm losing? <laughs> And it's, it's you're distracted by comparison. Like when you get on that, you get on that pathway, it's, uh, it's going to deform you more than it's going to help you grow. Straight fire, man. I have, I have learned and lived this so deep to almost near perfection. And I need to tell you a story about a time I ran a mile for 445. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, it's, but that's, it's, it's the comparison that drains energy. And right. uh, I had an insight regarding this. Uh, well, I'll tell you where. I was hit the restroom real quick before I came to set up the camera for our chat because it's an unconscious behavior, right? It, and, and that's where these little insights pop in. But I have a webinar at four that was supposed to meet, move to February. We were supposed to move the launch of a program and people are already signed up. And now in my mind, I wasn't going to do it. But now I need to do it. Mm-hmm. Now I, I could cancel it and leave people abandoned, but energetically I've moved on from it. I'm not excited about it. Um, yet there's a potential to to maybe sell some there. And and it was like, whoa, you know, money is just a construct. It's made up. I'm not really motivated by money. Money matters. I don't want to make it sound like that. Of course it matters. Time is a construct. Romans made up hours. Monks made up minutes. What isn't made up is energy, where we are, how we're showing up, what's coming through us. Now, because I believe that we're transformed through our commitment, I'll be there, ready to rock and roll, give it my best, and something good will show up in me as a result of that. I'll be formed and made better for it. And, and it always feels good to win, too. And, and, and little surprises can show up. But 
this energy thing is just so huge. Jimmy. No, I, I'm, I'm loving it because, uh, so often when we're competing, when we're, uh, pursuing a goal or a dream, um, we're, we are gauging ourselves against the plan that we set in place. You know, we're, we're constantly looking at how we're doing compared to either what we had set out or planned or compared to other people. I mean, the comparison thing is something we're, uh, that is uh, born into us practically by our society and how we grow. I, I've seen it in my kids over the last 20 years, and uh, it's just something you, you have to work through. Um, but what's great is this idea of it, it's one step to, to move away from money as a motivator or as a construct that guides our life. It's another thing to move away from time. There is such, you know, I used to, I used to believe that I was, I was evolved as an executive when I moved from being motivated by money to being mo moved by time and being efficient with my time. But all I really did was trade one construct, one prison cell for another. <laughs> Are you optimizing your time? It became as obsessive as and as crazy as are you maximizing your net worth? Are you making max dollar? Are you leaving money on the table? It it became as um, obsessive, and um, you know what gives me energy is relieving myself of those constructs. Unlike you did when you were in before the show, but relieving myself of those constructs to give me that freedom. Uh, now, of course. We live in a world that we have to live in. These things matter, but are they things that we have to accept and um, and give ourselves to uh, and use to motivate us to, to to drive us every day? The answer is absolutely no, and it's amazing, amazing feeling. They serve us rather than we serve them. Right. Right. Well said. And that for me is like. When I make those shifts, and I can lose my way in this, I mean, the way I think about maturity, it's not that we never lose our way in this, it's just how quick we recognize it and come back to that center. But when I lose my way in this, that's when I start suffocating under comparison, like you were talking about, Brett, and I start to, um, you know, I, I, I stop imagining possibilities. I stop I stop believing in, in what's possible. <laughs> My 14-year-old saw me. We watched a movie this weekend, La La Land, together. I hadn't seen it, and uh, they had seen it. They were like, Dad, we promise you'll like it. I was like, this is, seems terrible. This is awesome. Uh, but at one point, I pulled out my phone on my little idea capture, and I just typed to myself, don't quit too soon, you know, because there's a, there's a theme there in the movie about that. And so my 14-year-old sees this. I'm, I'm, when I am not suffocated under comparison... I might be facing a challenge. I might be suffering, which which I'm currently in a moment of trying to rework something massive and and it's not working yet doesn't mean it'll never work and you're just making all these changes and it's like Chris, don't quit too soon. And and once you're in that space of don't quit too soon, you're imagining new possibilities, you're not suffocating under comparison. You're not stressed because you stopped a little right. bit early on Friday because you don't you don't think about your life the same. And and that's the thing that's so hard to talk to people about when they're in this hamster wheel of, I got to work four jobs. I can't buy a latte. 
the money management. They're focused on that. They're not focused on growing their income or productivity where it's like the hamster wheel of a million points of exhaustion to manage. You're not nimble. You can't react. You can't maximize opportunities. Um, And I think this is why a lot of people today are rejecting even, you know, more typical confines of work because they're like, screw that. I don't want that. I don't want that life. I want to live a life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Soren Kierkegaard, it's an awesome quote. I'm going to mess it up. But life is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. Mm -hmm. And in comparison in time, obsession with time and obsession with all these measurements take away uh, that that relaxation, that cooperation with what's unfolding. So I love how you said that, Jimmy. It's like when you take that off yourself, there's that freedom, you know? Yeah. That's the fun part. Yeah. So freaking. Mm. It's great. It's yeah, I see the evolution for a lot of people where you, you start out and you're just like, I got to work harder than everybody else. And you're, everything's judged on how hard you're going to work. And then, right. And then you reach a point and you're like, all right, I just got to be more efficient in everything I do. And you're trying to maximize efficiency. And then you reach a point there where you kind of, you transcend both of those. You know, we're going to work smarter, not harder. And, uh, and, and pay attention to energy and uh, more than time scales and money scales. And uh, it's just a, it's kind of the growth and evolution. I've always thought, okay, how can I get to that third evolution quicker? <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, which, which that, I mean, I see this with like self-awareness and growth circles. Uh how can I get to enlightenment, right? Mm-hmm. And I forget who it was, and it's so good, but enlightenment and blindness is in every moment mm-hmm. for all of us. You know, whatever prison you wake up from today and you set yourself free from and you walk out of it, right? there's another one that shows up tomorrow or six months or nine months or whatever. And, and when I'm obsessed with trying to always get out of these prisons, I, you know, that's why for me, it's these ancient poems that were like, can you enjoy your work, eat, drink, be merry? You know, there's, there's a simplicity, there's a wisdom to that on the other side of this complexity. And you can see where people start out simple, maybe don't ever wrestle with these things. They, or they get into those complexities and they start thinking about time and energy. And I mean, ancient Buddhist poems from the 12th century or ancient letters from the first century and crazy things they say about time takes us back to a simplicity of... Quantum physics, we can't explain consciousness, the brain is mysterious. At a simple level, can you enjoy the work you do? Can you eat? Can you drink? Can you be merry? I grilled last night. (laughs) (laughs) I got the the text. Yeah, I bragged about it. Uh, I got in a habit of quarantine uh, texting Jimmy pictures of dinner. <laughs> and, it's it's uh, always so, after I eat, so it's like, I could have had that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a big treat myself moment. I mean, like, I quit a little bit early, went to the grocery store, splurged, and it was, it was awesome. It was so much fun. Well, I'll it tell was you. a perfect experience. And, and, and it's a bummer for me because I grew up in the restaurant biz and as a kid, my parents, uh, they entertained all the time. I mean, massive, crazy parties, all kinds of food, um, neighbors, friends, um, 
everywhere. And, and so that kind of socializing, talk about giving energy, that kind of socializing is such a huge part of uh, the way I was raised. Mm. You know, somebody sends me a text of their grill. I'm in my car, right? I grab a bottle of wine. I'm in my car. I'm there in five minutes, maybe with two or three speeding tickets, but who gives a shit? I'm there. Let's have fun, you know? And now to not be able to do that, it's, it's, it's wild. It yeah. takes just getting used to. Yeah. When we know some people aren't stopping. <laughs> right. But yeah, it is. And, and that's where, like, even in our family, all the different things that energize them may not energize me. Even like we're talking about social commitments and when my wife doesn't have stuff on the calendar. Now she's like, ah, <laughs> you know, it's all different. I'm curious, Brett, just for you and Taylor, what's the rhythm like? Are you, because you shared about yourself, is she more like, let's go hang out with people? No, I mean, we, we both live life at a similar pace and it's like exact opposite of, of what you just described, Jimmy. (laughs) None of the, the shutdowns or anything, I can't say none of it has affected us, but it like, it hasn't impacted the things we like to do anyway. Cause you know, we're not going out and we're going to a mountain and finding the most secluded place. And, you know, we'll go camping and, avoid the campsites because there's too many people there and right. you know, okay. find the, the spot in the woods that no one else can find. And so, yeah, we're trying to, we're always trying to socially distance. <laughs> so. A mode of operation before it was necessary. Exactly. Well, how I'd be curious how you guys would encourage people to start. If they're going to start a journey of like learning who they are apart from time and money, paying attention to energy What's like simple stuff that you guys would put in front of people to take, like take these one or two steps. Mm. I, I think of two things for me. One is, um, is just start noticing energy ahead of like what you have to get done and, or the pressure you feel to be involved in whatever community or group or activity that's on, like just start noticing energy. How does it make me feel? Um, how does it make me feel to wake up at this time of day or that time of day or go to bed or what I do before bed or, you know, the things that energize you, the things that steal energy from you or drain you, um, just start taking a, a note of that and a catalog of that. Um, just awareness of all that. You'll start organizing your days around those things. Like I said, you're not going to eliminate everything that drains energy from you. Um, because you do need to give out energy sometimes as well, but start being aware of those. And then the second thing I would say is, is give yourself permission to take care of yourself. Don't feel the shame. Like if you're going to take off early on Friday and go cook out, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like obviously there's standards at work. Some people have to, you know, abide by, but you give yourself permission to sleep in on a Saturday or, um, you know, to, to do something that fills you up. Um, there's no shame in that. And so, um, paying attention to what's energizing you, what's training you, and then go ahead and take care of yourself. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It reminds me, uh, Brett, that reminds me, uh, not, I, I, I share this often. It's not something I keep secret, but I, I had a life coach for about 10 years during the time that I made my transition away from the traditional uh, workforce. And the reason I bring it up is that your comment 
uh, reminds me of what I was taught by my coach, one of the first things. And uh, said another way, Brett, he talked about this idea of um, taking uh, notice of not so much energy at that point, but the things that, that I tolerate. So tolerations uh, like, you know, manic and crazy family get togethers, right. That we all put up with, um, you know, all the things that are part of our lives because they should be, what are we tolerating? And what, what that caused for me was uh, it caused me to look at life differently, right? It gave me agency over those things that, um, that I was tolerating that I thought was just, that I never really gave thought to, but just lamented and didn't like, didn't enjoy. And then, Coupled with that is the, is the second thing you talked about, Brett, which is this idea, if I'm identifying things I tolerate, then what would you replace them with? And that gives you now agency to think about the things that bring you joy. And the challenge, the challenge where the coaching comes in is actually when you've spent half a lifetime denying yourself the things that bring you joy and tolerating the things that don't, how do you Get, how do you elevate your equilibrium to a point where you can start now thinking of yourself first and not, as you said, having that cause you to have shame or uh, feelings that you're not, it's not important, not worth it. It's a, it's certainly a journey, but that's how, uh, to answer your question, Chris, that's how I got kicked off many years ago. Well, and, and what's cool about all this is, as you guys share, it, it is the ability to pay attention and think about it, to reflect but it does start with just getting bothered like and that for me is the starting point i think to any change uh any any macro or micro vision we get irritated when something doesn't match the reality that we want and so we're like uh and that takes us down rather than being like sweet i'm bothered okay because i'm bothered i see a gap between where i am and where i could be between what is and what could be whether it's my personal development whether it's my schedule whether it's a small little granular thing and and that's when you know there's a deeper lesson there too what you do with when you're bothered but at least at a simple level i can say start there start with where you're bothered because that's that energy that's giving you that clue and that signal to i want this to be different you know Nothing, few things feel as great to me as putting out a product or a resource, uh, whether it's a free video on YouTube, a podcast, a book, a course, because I know that's going to keep helping people over and over and over again, right? (laughs) That's an amazing feeling. That's where you and I differ, my friend. (laughs) I love it. I think it's awesome. It reminds me of every like every other conversation you have had you have had it uh, in the last like month. <laughs> it's awesome. Tell me, tell me why. Connect the dots for me more. Well, it's like you know you are you like to create the content, and I'm this guy who's obsessed with with not that you're not, but I'm obsessed with the connections. Right. Yeah. I want to get people who are. I want to meet those folks who want it. Then I'll go. Then I'll go deliver it. But I'm driven by those those connection points. And you're obsessive. You go into the cave to create that content, which which is, I think, what makes us a good fit. Uh, it's great. Not that I don't create content. It's just that mm, the thing that drives me and energizes me is, oh, that connection, finding that that thing that somebody wants, and then going away and delivering it to them. Oh yeah. And I used to enjoy the delivery as the main right. dominant thing. Right. And what shifted for me is, I like you. You enjoy creating some content. I enjoy some delivery. But I really love the content creation. And 
that's the yin yang. And and so you pay attention to these things, you learn these things, you shift, you change, you grow. Right. Energy, baby. Non-manufactured, non-hype energy. Right. And I think that's what Brett was talking about. This idea of, you know, it's, it goes back to this idea of knowing yourself, right? Uh, just, you know, what, what is it that turns you on? What gives you energy? And why deny yourself that? Build a life that allows you to get that as often as you possibly can. Why not? Well, and, and the thing that people would say is, oh, this sounds selfish. No, at the heart of what's going to make you alive and a good human for others. So it's going to go into compassion to others as you do a mission, as you work, yeah. as you serve, as you relate. Right. You got something to give. Yeah. yeah. It's not selfish. Like the best thing I can give you is my best self, fully present, fully engaged, fully energized. Right on. Why would I not fill my cup up so much that it just overflows and now it's spilling out to you? Right. It's the best thing I have to offer. Right. Yeah. I mean, everything we do, we do it for ourselves, but we do it to connect with others. I mean, none of us, none of us can exist as an island. So it's, I think it's, I think what we're doing is we're preparing ourselves for that connection, that fact of life that we have got to engage with other folks and we can actually do things that uh, serve others as well as serve ourselves. Uh, it's awesome. It's a great place to be. You can't give what you don't have. And uh, I, I remember hearing that, applying it, hearing it applied to leadership years and years ago. And it just made so much sense for so many relationships that had been disappointing and so many relationships that have been frustrating, you know, they couldn't give what they didn't have. And, um, and that's just a profound idea. And, and everything we're talking about shifting this approach to, to learning what's in you, you know, and how you build your life around who you are, then we all take the distinct paths we take. And, and, and the whole world's better for it. Now, not in an altruistic um, way that is divorced from reality, the sad truth Statistically speaking, most people are not going to take that path fully. They'll they'll hint at it in little pieces, um, and 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 we need more people to take those paths. Makes the world better. Yes, sir. Um, I know, Jimmy. As we've talked about doing this show, my mind goes to a space. Your mind goes to. Uh, I know so well. What's our What's our takeaway, man? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about, you know, the trajectory of the conversation today. And, uh, I love the fact that we, it seems like we started thinking about energy, you know, talking about energy, time and money. And, you know, that really represented, I think for me, an evolution in awareness an evolution in thinking. And what's really interesting is, is it's something that all of us have been working on, but we still have to work on, right? Uh, because the world around us is, is built on these constructs of money and time. And we want to, we have to live there and exist there, but we also have to elevate ourselves to live beyond those constructs. So I think that's where we started. Would you guys add anything to that? 
I don't think so. Don't tell me. Oh, geez. Okay, cool. And well, then we have, it seems like, go ahead, Chris, go for it, man. Actually, I would just say what Brett said about comparison is this next piece that, you that's know, right. don't beat yourself up if you're comparing. Use, because that's what we do. We're hard on ourselves. If you're comparing, don't beat yourself up. Go, right. oh, I'm comparing. Right. Just right. hug that idea. Like, oh, I'm comparing. Right. Okay, that means that I'm seeing a different way I'd like to do it. Right. Seeing how they did it, I can inspire myself. You know, just start with accepting that reality that you're comparing, not beating yourself up for it, and let right. it lead you. I mean, there's a lot we could talk about, but let it lead you from there. Mm. Yeah, and those constructs, money and time, are designed to in, engage the ego and get us, you know, keep us in that comparison state, that uncomfortable, high pressure high stress state and we want to evolve out. Um, and then I love where we ended up the conversation, which is in this, in this idea of you can't give what you don't have and imagine working on yourself to the point where you're connect, you're connecting to the energy around you and developing the energy around you. And as you do that, you can only share that you can only um, develop it and then give it to others and be a source of that kind of awareness and inspiration to others, which is, I think, where we all aspire to, given the things that we do, the three of us, given what we do every day. And that, to me, was a nice way to kind of round out the conversation, that it's not a selfish act to work on yourself. It's actually an act where you can be a catalyst for the change that you seek and that others seek in the world by kind of elevating your awareness let's evolve out yes sir good stuff yeah this is awesome mm -hmm. another week another week and a week ahead of us so another week behind us this has been uh breaking brains and building hearts with me james rory's chris McAllister, brett burchard right not Bertrand. i've evolved Just from my french Bertrand. roots <laughs> To Burchard. <laughs> I'm getting there, baby. I'm getting there. It makes awesome. me sophisticated, so it's good. Next time I won't wear the hat, I'll, I'll come dressed a little nicer and I'll be a Burchard. Wear, your, wear what you would wear when you're hiking in the mountains, man. Come on. All right. Listen on that. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, everybody. We're going to be here again live next week. Well, until then, take good care. All the best from the three of us.